You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number nine. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello and welcome um, to another episode of the Paleo NP podcast. Um, I've got a couple of housekeeping items before we get into today's episode, which is going to be awesome because I have an amazing guest today. But first, if you were waiting for a new episode last week, I apologize. I was quite sick and I hope you understand and forgive me for choosing self-care over recording a podcast episode. That is just how it goes when you're a one-woman show. Also, I am working on an e-course that will hopefully be done in the next few weeks. It's kind of a big picture, step-by-step look at some of the things that you should be doing if you have a chronic or autoimmune illness. I will definitely give you guys more details as I get closer to finishing that. So stay tuned for that because I am super excited to share it. And I think that is it for updates and such. So today I have Stephanie from Cleaner Stephanie as a guest, and I am so excited to talk with her. I met Stephanie through Instagram, and I'm not even sure how it happened, but I feel like she just popped (laughs) up somewhere, and we've been virtual friends ever since. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to let Stephanie introduce herself, but before I make her do that, um, let's just break the ice with a little bit, um, with something new that she's into. So Stephanie, what is something new that you're into? It can be anything, like a food thing, a life thing. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like new, new. It just has to be new to you. Very cool. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Martha, for having me on. And I'm a huge fan of what you're doing in this space. Um, and as a nurse to a fellow nurse, um, I just appreciate you know your content, but also everything, how you back it up with with research. So um, good on you. And thanks again for having me. Um, Something new that I've been into this past month, which went along with my third Whole30, was incorporating a meditation practice. Um, And I know I actually shared the headspace. um, Yeah. Yeah. My my hospital gave us a code for um, a one-year subscription. So I've been doing that just three to 10 minutes a day. And it's really helped me um, feel more grounded and connected to the things that I want to focus more on um, and help me quiet my mind, which can be really challenging. So I'm not great at it. And it's still, like I said, it's a a work in progress. um, But I've really enjoyed doing that the past few weeks. That's awesome. I have also been meditating and mm-hmm. I have found like my heart rate, my resting heart rate, because I'm totally a numbers nerd, has mm-hmm. gone down significantly since I've started doing it, even though I don't feel like I'm doing anything but sitting there being quiet. So it's pretty powerful stuff. It is. Absolutely. It brings um, a, a, an awareness, I think. Totally. So um, Stephanie, as she said, is a fellow nurse who is also into a lot of the same things as I am, which is great because while it seems like people in healthcare should be super excited about living in a way that supports their health, that is not always the case. So I get really excited when I find other people who have similar priorities. And we're going to chat about some of those things today. 
But before we get into all of the details, Stephanie, why don't you just give us a quick introduction of who you are and what matters to you? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been a nurse for, gosh, 10 years now. Um, I have lived and worked in the Boston area. Um, I'm now living in Southern New Hampshire. Um, I found my my way on this path and you know now I've I dubbed the name cleaner Stephanie and now I kind of like oh why did I do that it's so corny and like I don't know but it does sort of it does encompass what I'm trying to do um, I guess truthfully and honestly I kind of hit rock bottom about um, a little over a year ago in terms of my health and my overall well-being my son Benjamin um, was born three years ago um, with low muscle tone, a congenital heart defect, and was later diagnosed with developmental delays, including autism. So my, my journey of motherhood began very differently, um, and we had a lot of unforeseen challenges and stressors. So about two years into motherhood, um, and I shifted from day shift to night shift to accommodate the needs of my family which is the beauty of nursing. We have so much flexibility to have a career and also have a home life. And so I was working nights um, to be there for Ben, who was on oxygen for several months after birth. And, you know, therefore we could not do daycare or things like that. And it just made Matt and I feel better about having one of us home at all times. Um, but anyways, that being said, working night shift really takes a toll on the body. And there's really something to be said about those circadian rhythms and the sun setting and the sun rising and our biological rhythms and cycles. And so two years of nights, I found myself just burning the candle at both ends, completely stressed out, um, having the stressors from physically from my job and night shift and then mentally and emotionally with motherhood and navigating the waters of parenting a child with special needs. So I went to see my doctor and was found to have mono. I was vitamin D deficient. I was borderline anemic. Um, I just didn't feel like myself. I was probably up 10 or 15 pounds from my normal. And um, really, it just became, my doctor had like a sit down and was just like, something's got to give. You can't keep going on at this pace like this. So um I just started thinking more about my lifestyle changes and I asked her, you know, does do things like diet or, or things like that in your experience, have they helped any of your patients? And she sort of dismissed it, but was like, yeah, sure, you can try. And at the same time, I had joined a bar studio in my town and they were doing a 30-day paleo challenge. And so I, um, I did that and it was great to have that group. And I didn't follow it 100% paleo, but enough to know that I felt the benefits and I felt better and my energy was better and I felt more um, clear headed and less bloating. My digestion was better. Um, and then it starts to trickle in other areas. You know, you feel more motivated to take the dogs for a walk. You know, you feel calmer when stressful things, you know, enter in your day. So I really felt the effects and the power of food and really using like food as medicine and, and thinking about how you fuel your body is using cleaner fuel, you're going to feel better, you know. So that really led me down this path um, of eating cleaner. And, um, and then I, I had always wanted to 
I'm a very emotive person. And um, I guess I started Cleaner Stephanie as a way to share my perspectives of special needs parenting, but also how helpful some of the lifestyle changes I've then incorporated um, since kind of hitting rock bottom starting with food and then the products that we use in our house and our home and other lifestyle choices, um, you know, cleaning up all the areas, including budgeting. And, you know, it's, it's started with food. That was the cornerstone. Um, and then it's trickled into other areas, you know, relationships, et cetera, in, in my life. So it's kind of one big umbrella to um, incorporate the things that I'm passionate about. Awesome. So it's it's funny because one of the reasons I love having guests on the show is because I think that it really helps people understand why this stuff is so important. And like, I am completely immersed in this whole paleo real, real food lifestyle. And sometimes it's hard for me to remember that not everyone came here in the same way. So I love having conversations with people to get different perspectives on how people found paleo or even realize that it was an option. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think it's really helpful to... Um, to have another perspective on that, as well as for the pieces about, of paleo that aren't just about food. Like you mentioned, you know, relationships and lifestyle and all of that stuff is so important, but we get so focused on food because it often is the cornerstone. So yes. it, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that. You said that you um, kind of, you hit rock bottom and that your, your doctor was like, you can't keep doing this. Do you, do you, did you realize that that's where you were? Were you like, this is it for me. I got to change something. Or was it kind of like, hmm, I don't feel so great. But it wasn't like until you came out of that, that you realized how sick and not feeling well you were. Yeah, I knew, I knew something. I knew I wasn't operating at a hundred percent and I could feel that. Um, I guess I needed that outside voice and that outside person to kind of call me out and say, listen, you've got a full plate. You are working night shift. You have a child with special needs, you know, something's got to give. And I, it was an inflection point for me was that appointment. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, talk a little bit about how your, uh, about the cleaner, safer, less toxic products, how that fits into your journey. Cause I know that that kind of came later for you. Um, like you said, it was the food, the food first and the products later. How, how did that, how did that sort of evolve? Yeah. So, um, the food piece, you know, and doing a whole 30, you become a sleuth at reading labels, you know, learning very quickly all the additives, the preservatives, the sugars, the hidden sketchy ingredients that are in food products. Um, so I really just started paying more attention to learning what I was putting in my body. And that being said, thinking not only about what I'm putting in my body, but what I'm putting on my body um, as well. And so really for that, I um, went down the rabbit hole of the EWG website, the Environmental Working Group. Um, They have a database called Skin Deep, and there's an application you can download on your phone, your smartphone, and you can scan in the products that you use, um, as well as foods and other things. And you can see the safety ratings of them. And so this started literally with my favorite beloved Dove body wash um, <laughs> and a few um, of Benjamin's products, my son and um, you know, my son, my husband's deodorant and you know, it was another inflection point where um, I knew we needed to make some changes. Um, I was really appalled and then subsequently learning that how 
underregulated this industry is, and we haven't had a major federal update since 1938. And since then, we've introduced over 80,000 chemicals into commerce, and only 10,000 of which have been safe have been tested for human safety. So those numbers were staggering to me, and um, you know the fact that United States only bans 30 known harmful chemical ingredients, whereas Canada bans 600 and European Union bans 1,400, we are at 30. And so that was shocking to me. Yeah, so it's kind of shocking. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. Um, it's a $62 billion industry. I mean, that's probably why, because we, there, is no, there is no regulation. It's the wild, wild west. For so sure. companies can use products to, you know, as sh- shelf stabilizers. And I think it's appalling that the same red L'Oreal lipstick that you purchase here in Boston is a completely different formulation than the red lipstick you buy in Paris, France. Why is that? Why are we using heavy metals? Why are we using pigment pigments that are not safe for human consumption? And when you think, you know, as a nurse, our skin is our largest organ. And unlike our digestive system, which has the ability to filter and metabolize and use the liver to help detox some of the things, our skin does not. You know, what you put on it is readily absorbed and into your bloodstream within 30 seconds. So thinking about what goes on your body is just as important as what goes in it. Absolutely. And it's funny, I was just listening to a podcast I can't remember which one it was, but it was totally not related to like, it was about entrepreneurs and they were talking about how anybody like about change and fighting change. And I think the example that they gave was like, well, the example that they gave was legalizing medical or legalizing marijuana Mm -hmm. and how everybody's like, we're going to fight the opioid crisis by buying back opioids. And they're like, no, like legalizing marijuana is not the answer. And it's kind of, then they gave the example of Blockbuster and Netflix. Like Blockbuster had the opportunity to become Netflix, but they didn't take it. So it, it's it's like this this battle against change. Like it, you know, like the U.S. is just like right. we're gonna we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, and we want you know cheaper everything. Whereas right. it's like no, we care about people, and right. I it's not gonna last. Like it's not gonna last. And I, yeah. I in a, in a little bit here, we're gonna talk a little bit more about why it's not going to last. Yeah. Because you're kind of on a mission to make that, to make that um, change, which is awesome. Um, But before we dive into that, I want to touch a little bit on being a special needs mom and how that you said, you know, you um, looked at, at Benjamin's um, products and, you know, changed some of those for him. How has that played in? How is, how is being his mom changed in your, the course of your journey? And how do you feel that he has benefited from you being aware of these things? Yeah, I think motherhood for all of us, you know, changes the lenses through which you see the world and you start, um, you want the very best for them. And with Benjamin's trajectory, there are many things that I cannot control, you know, his heart defect, um, his future and what that will look like exactly. Um, But like I said, what I can control, you know, are 
are the products that we use in our house and our home. And, you know, diet's a tough one with a toddler at baseline, never mind sensory issues and, and having autism, but I do my best. But he is my motivation for all of this to live more healthfully. You know, I, I, the future is a daunting place for me at times. You know, sometimes I feel like I need to outlive my son because I want to be there for him in every step of the way in, in life. And so by living my, my most healthful self is, is empowering to me that I can be the best mom for him. Um, and, and he's my why for all of this. That's awesome. One it's hard things, to talk about. I know. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Um, one of the other things that you mentioned was a whole 30. Um, and we're going to, I have some more questions about this later, but was that, was that your paleo starting point? Like when you, you said your bar studio was doing a paleo challenge, was it a whole 30 that they, that they were doing or was it different? It would, no, it was a paleo challenge. So, you know, you could have things like honey and um, a couple other things that aren't allowed on a whole 30, but it was kind of like my segue into all of this. And then um, for my first whole 30, um, I got my loving husband on board and <laughs> that was really helpful because it was truly eye-opening for both of us um, that first month. I mean, we both lost, even though weight, weight loss was not the goal, but we lost 30 pounds. But we also gained so much confidence together in the kitchen in terms of cooking and making recipes we just had more energy, slept better, and it was fun to have each other's backs. Um, and that support piece was huge. Yeah. And I think I've talked about this on other podcasts, that like a whole 30, you know, it's, it's really daunting for a lot of people. And some people do so much better with that sort of like gradual introduction. But I really think that at some point in the beginning of your paleo journey, whatever it looks like, you just got to do it because you learn so much and you learn so much about food in general. and for me, that's become the framework with which I use for everything. Like every decision that I make about food is how does this make me feel and how it makes me feel. I learned from doing a whole 30. So I think as, as resistant as people are to doing it, yes, it's challenging and yes, it takes a lot of time and energy, but I think it's so worth it for the things that you learn from doing one. Yes. And I actually liked the safety net of the guidelines and the rules because it made it very easy how, what I ate, you know, either yes or no. Yeah. 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 And I I don't, sometimes I think that black and white mentality can, can not be so helpful for some, but for me, it, it made it easier. I actually don't do well when there's gray zone, you know, moderation. I mean, you tell me to eat one square of chocolate, it's just not possible. But if I'm doing a whole 30, then, you know, I won't. And, and I'm committed to that choice and, and, I want to see it through. And, and again, when I, I think getting clear on why it is that you want to do a whole 30 and crafting, you know, that why is really important. And again, that came back to, to Benjamin and, and Matt and I being, you know, the best parents we could and, and, and feeling our best and, and choosing health. Absolutely. So one thing that is obviously very important to Stephanie and me is um, safer skincare products, which we've kind of talked about a couple of times already. And both of us are involved with Beauty Counter, which I've talked about before on the podcast. Um, But one piece that I'm not super involved with, um, but Stephanie is, is that advocacy piece. So um, I would love it if you would talk a little bit about that and kind of what Beauty Counter is doing and what you're doing with them to... um, to make that 
happen? Yeah. So, um, as you know, you know, beauty counter is an education first company, which I loved. And I feel like as nurses, education is first and foremost, you know, our practice. And so this really felt like an extension of my nursing career, um, was educating friends and family on the importance of using safer products. So education first really appealed to me. And then secondly, using having a solution with our product line and using commerce as an engine for change to get safer products in the marketplace and really differentiate ourselves. And thirdly was the advocacy piece um, of pushing the needle forward that we haven't had a major uh, federal mandate since 1938, and that needs to change. And the more voices we have in this movement, the more we can affect lasting change. And so I loved the idea of being able to lend my voice and, and keep it going. Awesome. And you um, just got an opportunity to, you're going to Washington, D.C. here sometime soon to make all of this happen and yes. make it real. Tell me about that. Yes. So next month, um, I'll be one of, I'm the top consultant in New Hampshire and uh, one of 100, they sent two from each state um, to lobby for more health protective laws and the upcoming Personal Care Safety Act, which is a bipartisan bill, um, both sides of the aisle, um, to talk about, about why this matters. So yeah. we'll be in D.C. next month, and uh, it's just an opportunity of a lifetime. And again, that advocacy piece was was one reason, strong reason why I went into Beauty Counter. And then to have this opportunity um, to lend my voice on Capitol Hill is just unlike anything I've, I'll get to experience. Yeah. And I think the thing that I love about Beauty Counter's like business model even is that it brings together people with different backgrounds, right? Like we've got a lot of, um, Stephanie and I are on like the same bigger team. We're not on the, like, it gets very convoluted very quickly, but, um, so, you know, we've got a lot of like nutri nutritional therapy practitioners and, you know, you and I are nurses. There are people who are stay-at-home moms and don't work outside the home other than with beauty counters. So I think it's really interesting um, just to have this diverse, there's no other business model that gets you that diverse background of knowledge and passion. And um, just, it, I think it really makes for a fun community to be a part of, which is one of the things that I'm really enjoying. I'm enjoying learning from all these other people as well. <laughs> Yes. And I, I think the business model is unique too, in that, you know, we do offer our product line through direct retail, um, but we also have our commerce, you know, website, just like any other. And we also do strategic partnerships with companies like Goop and Target. So um, we also have a pop-up shop. So there are different ways um, that Beauty Counter is getting into the marketplace, but the most powerful um, one is by far, you know, telling the story from friend to friend um, and empowering, you know, we have over 25,000 consultants now um, who are that now able to share their story and what made them go into learning about cleaner products and making those safer choices for their families. And I think for me, one of the things that, and I think I talked about this on a previous podcast was the fact that we get to be passionate about this and also financially empowered by it. Right. So like, we're not just out there being, I mean, this is, it's the beauty of the business model number one, but we're not just out there being like, Hey, like try this lip gloss. It's really awesome. We're like, yeah. Hey, try this lip gloss. It's really awesome. And we're financially benefiting from our passion. Yes. And that just to me, like how, especially as women, you know, I don't think that that, I just, I don't think that that's, that 
opportunity exists in many other ways. I mean, certainly there are many, many successful women in business, but are those women really doing what they're passionate about? Probably and not. making, right. And making a social impact absolutely that is going to affect real change. And for me, that's Benjamin's generation and every generation thereafter. And from a business perspective, you, you would think, why would a company like beauty counter be for more regulation, you know, and then therefore have more competition. It's because it's not about that. We're not a beauty company. It's a movement. And we're using, using business as a model for change. And a rising tide lifts all boats. And it's 2018. You know, something's got to give. And so I just love that philosophy from, you know, our CEO, Greg Renfrew. Um, it's so much more than an eye cream. It's a it movement. It totally is. And I think I'm laughing to myself because I'm thinking of that scene in Love Actually. Do you know where he's wrapping the gift at the counter? And he's like, it's so much more than a gift wrap. Like, <laughs> this really is so much more than a beauty count, you know, a beauty product. It's a movement. And um, I think we're going to see real shifts in, in our lifetime. And that's really cool to be a part of and to say that, you know, I was there and, and implementing that change. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you. I can't, I can't wait to see um, how that goes on Instagram. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you was how does your knowledge as a nurse play into all of this? You've talked about a little bit about like we know that the skin is the biggest organ in the body. Um, but it, like as an oncology nurse, you see people at their worst often. And does that motivate you to continue your lifestyle and to help, ed help educate others to do the same? Absolutely. Um, I've been in hematology oncology for eight years now um, on a stem cell transplant floor. And so, yes, I think about that all the time. You know, I'm so thankful every day when I walk in and when I walk out of that rotating door at the entrance of my hospital, you know, how thankful I am for my health. And I never want to be on that other side of, of the bedside. Um, so that is definitely a motivator for me. And concurrently, I know I've shared with you offline, but I have a dear best friend of mine, the same age, 33, who is battling stage three cancer right now. And so it's not lost, lost on me that, you know, I want to do everything that I can to not be in those statistics of one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And I know, generally speaking, I'm sure everyone in your audience who's listening has been touched by cancer in some way or form. And so, again, it comes back to those everyday choices that I make today will affect me tomorrow. Absolutely. And I mean, I have cancer in my family. I have an aunt with ovarian cancer. And actually, part of the reason that I do what I do is because my mom actually died of an autoimmune condition a couple of years ago, which is Gosh. not super common. So that was kind of when I had my awakening. My dad asked me like, hey, are you going to get tested for this? Like do, to see if you have this, if you're going to develop the same disease. And I was like, I had to think about it. But I said, no, because that was when I, that was when like the, you know, the awakening happened and I was all of a sudden everything made sense. And I was like, no, because my environment is so different. I may never get this. So I don't need yeah. to know. And that right. was when I, but that was when I really started to pay attention to what I was putting on my body because yes. I was very focused on food, which is so important, but I never really paid any attention to the rest of it. So that was kind of, for me, it's the same thing. Like I just, 
I don't ever want anyone to go through what she went through because it was so terrible. And I have the, I'm lucky that I have the knowledge and the ability to help people not have to deal with that. So it's, it's really powerful stuff. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, you. you know, thinking about autoimmune diseases and cancers, you know, they're inflammatory processes, processes, right? And so limiting inflammation in the body, both in and on, you know, and that was huge for me with paleo eating and Whole30 is, and just certain things have become non-negotiables, like the inflammatory canola oil and vegetable oils. It's just a non-negotiable now. You will never find that in my, in my pantry, just like you will never find unsafe sunscreen for my son. You know, it's just a no brainer. And for me, aligning myself with beauty counter, which has taken the homework piece out of it, you know, that mental exhaustion and that fatigue, you know how it is once you start to learn, you know, a little (laughs) knowledge is power. And so for me, it's like decision fatigue can be really overwhelming when you're um, going down a healthier path and trying to incorporate healthier everyday choices. Um, So doing, you know, taking not shortcuts, but, you know, limiting those decisions are huge for me. Yeah. And that's one of the things when I, I, um, working with clients, like they're like, whose information do I listen to? How do I know what's right for me? And that's like, fortunately I'm able to help take that piece out of it for them. And we just like work through it step by step, but that's really hard. It's really, really, really hard to do that on your own. And I think probably like nursing skills definitely come into play there. It's really hard to do that for yourself too sometimes because you're just like, I, like here's, you know, 50 different conflicting pieces of information. Where do I start? So, right. you know, it, I, I think that's also why it's important to align yourself with a brand that you pick one, like pick one thing that's important and find, find a way to incorporate a brand or that one thing into everything that you do. I, I think it was in one of our Facebook groups that somebody, you know, like we're not, beauty counter is not organic and it's not touted as non-toxic. It's a safe, it's safer. And I right. think the thing that I like about them is they toe the line between safer and functional. Like the, and I'm performing. Away, yeah. I'm, I'm blown away by the quality of products. Like I have tried so many organic, you know, whatever, like makeup, skincare products, shampoo, and they all stink. Like they don't yeah. work. And it's like, finally I can make, I'm not making, I don't feel like I'm making sacrifices in safety because I'm getting the safest product that I can find. And also one that works. So I feel like I'm getting, you know, killing two birds with one stone. Absolutely. And it's peace of mind at the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. How do you, one of the other things I was, I'm curious about, cause this is something that I struggle with is how do you balance the conventional knowledge that you learned in school? Like, you know, grains are healthy, um, regarding like nutrition and all of that with what you know to be true about a paleo lifestyle when it comes to interacting with patients at your job, because that's something that I'm always like. When I, when I became a nurse practitioner, it got a lot easier because I could just be like, this is what I think. But when I worked at the hospital as a nurse, it was kind of like, well, here's what I should tell you and here's what I actually believe. <laughs> so I find that's a, it's a pretty hard line to toe sometimes. And I'm just curious how you do that with your patients. Yeah, it is challenging. A lot of our patients too are on neutropenic diets. And then after stem cell transplant, their diets are even more limited. So um you know, I stress things like batch cooking a healthy vegetable soup, which can then be 
frozen because they can't have raw fruits and vegetables. Um, and so it is challenging. I share that, you know, for my own health and, and my husband's, we, we tried a whole 30 and we found how much better we felt eating wholesome, you know, real foods and less processed and how much better that was for our energy levels. Um, so I just try to plant seeds gently without being too dogmatic because I also know that, you know, they are extremely stressed and going through a lot. And so I don't want to, you know, preach, but um, also just encourage, you know, cooking at home when possible and baby steps. Never mind the fact that like hospital food is the worst. Oh, right? like I don't that, totally. that's a whole topic for another show, but like that drives me crazy. When my mom was in the hospital, I she refused to eat the food, number one. But number two, I was like, you like you can't eat this. And I would just bring her all of her food. She was in the hospital for almost three weeks, I think, and I brought every single meal to wow. her. I was like, no, I'm not you're not eating three shriveled pieces of zucchini and some questionable meatloaf. Like, come on. Totally. And that's hard when I do my whole 30. And if I don't prepare and have my food packed, when I try to go to the cafeteria and find something compliant, it's nearly impossible, Martha. It is so hard. I can only really have like hard boiled eggs and fruit and some nuts. Um, and it's expensive to buy at the calf anyway. So I try to bring my own food, but I was proud of myself because this round I did talk to our kitchen manager and I asked if he would consider stocking um, one of three compliant um, bars, Whole30 friendly, you know, just so that I could have a real food option, you know, grab and go something quick and easy that I know doesn't have sketchy. That's awesome because yeah. the hospital that I worked at literally it was like the salad bar or burger and fries and what like I, I if I had ever been doing a whole thirty while I was at work <laughs> I would never have made it if I didn't bring my own food yeah who wants to eat at a salad bar in a hospital number one exactly like burger and fries that's like the safest thing that you can eat yeah and then there's like rice krispies and pop tarts on right. your way out at right. the checkout for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so shifting gears a little bit, um, one of the things that Stephanie does so well is budgeting and I totally have budget envy because I stink at it, but can you talk a little bit about how you manage paleo and whole 30 on a budget? Because I think that's something that holds a lot of people back from making some of these changes. They feel like they are going to spend their whole life savings on food and you and I both know that isn't that's not necessary, but I think that's really what stops a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, aside from a few pantry items and some spices, you know, once you cut out the crap and, you know, the $4 box of Cheez-Its and, you know, the $7 gallon of ice cream, you do cut corners in that way. Um, but yeah, my husband and I got real about budgeting this past year, about five months ago, um, sort of also a rock bottom moment. We had eight weddings last year. And so financing for all of that and travel and gifts and showers and et cetera, um, it, you know, was really stressful. Um, also with Benjamin's, um, special needs, he's in multiple therapies every week. So he has considerable co-pays, um, so we took a deep dive into our finances when um, our cousin recommended a program called You Need a Budget. Um, and it did take me, you know, two or three weeks to kind of get organized and get over the learning curve of how it works. Um, but I love it because it it's working with what you have in real time. And really the main point of YNAB you need a budget, it's called YNAB, is prior prioritizing and embracing your true expenses. Um, 
And so in five months, um, I can't tell you how much um, anxiety and stress has been relieved by, by doing an active budget. Um, I've successfully paid off $11,000 of my school loans from nursing school, you know, which were going to be in payment for another six years if I was just to, to continue and keep paying the minimum. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I could do a whole episode on just <laughs> the budgeting, piece, but um, it really prioritizes and gives you such an acute awareness and clarity around money. Um, and it really takes out the stress of it. So I could in real time log in and see how much money I have left, you know, that we have budgeted for, for uh, the rest of this month um, on groceries and then make my choices from there. But I really haven't found it to be too stressful at all with doing paleo and or Whole30. Um, but budgeting on a whole is an incredibly powerful tool for anyone that wants to, you know, get, um, get in control of their finances. It's definitely something that I need to be better at. I do use YNAB, although not well, and I haven't touched it. I got an email from them that was like, hey, it's been a while. And I was like, <laughs> oh. You know, it's bad when the company knows that it's been a long time since you've logged in. Yeah. Um, what are your budgeting priorities when it comes to food? Like, where do you spend more money and where do you try to save money, like organic versus not organic? Because that, again, I think that's something people feel like, oh, I need to buy everything all organic and grass fed. And my thing is, no, you don't, you know, you, you spend the money where you can, but what are your, um, what are your budgeting priorities when it comes to that stuff? Yeah. I mean, certain things um, like eggs, you know, aren't that much more expensive to get the cage free and the organic. So that's an easy one. And eggs are a really relatively cheap protein, easy protein. Um, and then in terms of like produce, I do try to go by the EWG's Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen is very helpful. Um, if it is thin skinned like berries or apples, I try to go organic, but things like avocados and bananas and plantains, I don't even think twice. Um, so it, it just depends. I also keep an eye out for sales. Um, and that being said, I mean, I do most of my shopping at um, a market here in the Northeast called Market Basket. And um, it's incredible how much they've upped their um, healthier choices and produce sections. So, um, you know, also just being cognizant of the markets around you and what you have access to can make a big difference. You don't need to shop at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods to eat a paleo-friendly life diet. And I can vouch for that because I have neither a Trader Joe's yes. nor a Whole Foods within like 1,500 miles of me. I have to get on an airplane. So. That's right. And we talked about this on Instagram about beef. Yes. And I was dying laughing that you bring a, a whole suitcase for your you know, grass-fed organic beef. I loved that from a farm in, in Vermont. Yeah. And that's actually something that Matt and I did this week. We um, – purchased a side of cow from an organic farmer in Vermont um, who does a, a grass-fed program up there. So we just purchased a deep freezer from Home Depot, $150. Yep, totally and, good uh, investment. Yes, and a side of beef. I actually had written down all the different cuts that we're going to get um, and, and shared it on Instagram. And I can't tell you how many people responded like, wow, all of that. And so that'll carry us for the year. And it also, again, takes out that decision fatigue at the, at the market now, because I'll really just be buying eggs, chicken and, um, and pork. Um, but the grass fed um, cow, came, it's five, dollars and 25 cents per pound. So when you think about going to the store and, and you know, a pound of um, grass-fed ground beef is usually like six bucks. 
right? And that's like your most economical, cheap cut right. of beef. Yeah. And I'll be getting porterhouse steaks and roasts at five twenty-five per pound. When you add that up on the long, over the long haul, it's absolutely saving you. So yes, it is money up front, you know, and we'll be purchasing this for $1,200, but honestly we will have beef for a year. And if you were to go to the store and buy all of those cuts of steaks and meat, um, it wouldn't even come close. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I obviously I live in Alaska where food, the cost of living here is ridiculously expensive, but $1,200 for I don't know how many pounds of meat sounds pretty darn cheap because we go to Costco yeah. and spend easily like a hundred bucks almost every week without much trouble. I mean, and that's just buying, you know, vegetables and the staple, like we don't, we don't buy a lot of processed food or anything like that. So, yeah, you easily. know, and yeah, so my, my boyfriend's dad lives in Vermont. So we go, we, I had, I don't know how I got this idea, but one time I was like, we drove by, he lives kind of out of town. So we drive down yeah. the road and there's a sign for like sunrise farms, you know, grass, happy cows, grass fed beef. And I was like, why didn't I, why didn't I think of this before? Like, let's go buy some meat. We have two, we each get two free checked bags. So if we came with one bag a piece, like we can each take 50 pounds of meat home. And it's so cheap. I mean, it's like four dollars so awesome. a pound or something. You yeah. Know, but sure. It's like, it's, it's like $7 a pound here. There's yeah. no, like, there's no way you can compare the cost. So Right. We have for three years now brought home 50 pounds of <laughs> so awesome. every time we go there. And it's great. I love it. like, it's so great. People are like, how come I didn't think of that? Wow. That's awesome. I actually had gotten onto this purchasing a cow thing from a patient of mine who his 40 year career was spent in carpentry and construction, but the last 20 years, he's also had this passion project of having an organic farm where he has 50 Angus beef cows, which I learned, you know, a bit about Angus beef cow versus dairy cow. And that was really interesting to me. So, and I love the direct business model. I mean, purchasing directly from the, the farmer and it's better for the resources, for the land, for the animal welfare, and for the for the consumer. And I get grass fed, you know, organic beef at five twenty five per pound. It's just like a win win for me and my budget. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The first time we did it, the person we bought it from was like, Hey, you should bring me some salmon next time. Cause I mean, I have a freezer full of salmon. That's like, yeah, it just it, like, it just, it kind of, I, I feel very lucky that I have that. Like I literally can walk outside my door and go catch a salmon and put it in my freezer. So that's amazing. My eyes are lighting up yeah, right now. Yeah. Like, like she was like, but you should, we should do a trade. You should bring me salmon and I will give you beef. But unfortunately the year that we were going to do that, we just didn't catch very many fish. So we kept all of it. Yeah. Oh, that's you so know, like, I guess it's, it's all a matter of perspective. Like maybe you and I should work on a trade for salmon. I was just going to say when you're in Vermont, I'll meet you. I'm in New Hampshire. So perfect. perfect. So, um, you, I know, um, balance is a big topic and you do a really good job of balancing things. I know you probably feel like you don't, but you've got a lot going on and you seem to, you, you're really good at prioritizing. I'm sure part of that is because you're a nurse, but how do you make all of that work so darn well? Thank you. Um, it's, it's a hot mess, although it, you know, may appear otherwise, but, um, yeah, I just try to get clear, um, 
and my focus, you know, as I've shared throughout this is, is my son, Ben, and, um, you know, budgeting allows me that freedom to know that I'm saving really well for his future. Beauty counter allows me to have a second source of income in addition to my nursing career, again, to save for his future, eating a healthier lifestyle and changing out the products in my house and home to reduce our toxic burden again for his future. So that is always first and foremost at the heart of everything I do is in his name. And then on a practical level, um, you know, I've mentioned doing headspace um, meditation, you know, a few minutes in the morning. And then I try to write just a three bulleted to-do list of three things that need my focus and attention that day. And I try to keep it really simple. And that starts the momentum versus having like 10 or 15 things that need to get done or thinking about the week or next week. I'm very, I very much have to, to, to do day by day because our schedule with my nursing schedule is so variable, Benjamin's therapies. And so I just find if I just do three things that I need to prioritize, that helps. And sometimes it's as simple as like making my bed and emptying the dishwasher. And I already feel like I'm off to a good start to, to the rest of the day. And so keeping that perspective helps. I think perspective is really super important because I, I think that's something that people are like, I have to, you know, my three things have to be, I have to feel accomplished, but I think making your bed or putting away your laundry or like brushing your yeah. teeth or putting on real pants. I just had a conversation on Instagram about getting dressed. Like I didn't leave my house for an entire week because I was sick. And so I got, yeah. I like took a shower and did my hair so that I could go buy dog food. I like, love that. I felt though. pretty accomplished for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's all, it's definitely a matter of keeping a good perspective. And celebrating the small wins, totally. you know, and, and that's something my son has helped me so much with stopping to smell the roses. I mean, Benjamin lives in the moment at all times. He is so overjoyed by the simple things in life, like have a bubble bath or, you know, last week we stopped and, um, it was pretty funny. His favorite place is the ocean. And I was running an errand and I was like, Oh, let's just run out and look at the water real quick. And we did. And he starts bolting towards the water and all of a sudden a huge wave crashed down and the both of us got sopping wet and I scooped him up in my arms and I look at him and he is just belly laughing so <laughs> hard. Sorry, I've gotten off on a tangent, but like channeling his energy of living, you know, in the moment and in the simple joys of life, um, have been really helpful. Um, you know, with his low muscle tone, all of his milestones were delayed. So things like sitting and standing and walking were markedly behind and really celebrating all of the small we didn't even call them milestones. We called them inch stones, celebrating all those little wins. And, and that translates into life. If you get out of bed and you make your bed, that's a small little win. Like, good for you. Like you put on real pants and <laughs> put on a little makeup and bought the dog food. Like that's sometimes you really have to dial it back down and, and, and simplicity for me is, is also clarity. I agree, especially in this time when we're like, you know, social media and like everybody looks like they're do like, like they are doing all the things and nothing is ever yes. hard. And I think that that's really, you know, not comparing yourself and even just knowing that we all struggle and we all have a different perspective. And some days 
for those of I mean, I've had people tell me the same thing, like you have it all together. How do you do that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't, Yeah. <laughs> obviously you don't know me very well, <laughs> but I just think it's, it's so important to remember that number one, no one's alone on this journey. And number two, like none of us have it together. Some of us are yeah. just better at hiding it than others. Definitely. And, and we need each other to get through this difficult totally. thing called life, you know, totally. and social media shows the highlights. And something I learned very early on with Benjamin was, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And I can't look to my left and right and seeing what other children are doing and, and talking and things like that. I just have to focus on what's in front of me. Um, and again, just keeping that perspective and channeling that in all of the areas always helps to ground me. Absolutely. Um, so I just have two short questions um, to wrap this up. What's your best advice for someone who's starting a paleo journey? Yeah. So I would say first and foremost is get really clear with your why. Why is it that you want to live a more healthful life and to seek support? That has been huge for me. Like I said, my um, first paleo challenge started at the bar studio, but then my whole 30, I actually opened it up, um, just asked on Facebook if anyone would be interested in doing a whole 30 together and from my town. And I ended up having like 75 members join and we had a really fun interactive group um, that stayed strong through the 30 days. And then we all met, you know, at the end, met up for a celebratory drink, um, non-whole 30 drink, but it was really fun. But for me, having that support piece made me accountable and also just sharing it, you know, with friends and family, like, Hey, I'm gonna, you know, clean up my, my, my food choices for like the next, you know, four or six weeks. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And this is why. And, and when you do that, um, I think it helps to keep keep you motivated throughout. Awesome. And then tell me your best budgeting advice for someone who's just getting started with a budget. Yes. Um, my first and foremost is don't beat a dead horse dead. And so, you know, like with your partner or spouse, um, you know, try not going back into the back to the past and rehashing, you know, old decisions and, you know, this credit card debt or, you know, this purchase. Um, let that be so that you can move forward and, you know, get on board with your budget and start tackling your debts one by one. That was huge for Matt and I. And, uh, after a couple of, you know, heated emotional conversations about it, um, now we have such peace of mind around our budgeting. It's, uh, like I said, alleviated so much stress. And if anyone wants to talk more about, you know, you need a budget or how I'm happy to like show you. Um, and I also did like three parts on my blog. Um, part one, two, and three about our journey with budgeting and using YNAB. Awesome. I will link to all of those things in the show notes as well as your Instagram. So people know where to find you. So Thank you. thanks so much for being on this podcast with me today. It's been awesome. And as I wrap this up, as always, um, if anybody has questions that they would like answered, you can submit those on my website at www.marthaflorence.com. There's a little place for the Paleo NP podcast and a submit a question option. And if you're loving this show, I would love it if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave a review. Um, it just helps other people find the show. You find this helpful. You can also share it with a friend that would help too. Um, if you think this information is useful. So it's been awesome to, to be here with you this week, Stephanie, and I will talk to everybody else next week. 